0: afternoon everybody and welcome yet again to our lovely podcast. Um, We have our colleagues um, Gail and Bill. Um, Good afternoon ladies. Good afternoon. Hi. How is sunny Birmingham? Is it cold and crispy up there or is it um, wet and miserable? It's damp, miserable,
1: cool um, and we've had to have the lights on all day in the training room here. You can't actually see anything. It's so overcast. Oh, gosh. That's it, not it, good. It, is, it is a really miserable day. And I'm so sorry to bring that news to everybody that's listening. <laughs>
0: well, we're actually having a little bit. It's, it's cooler, but it's not. It's mild, I'd say, at the moment. Um, and it's definitely not raining. So we're, we're sort of in getting a, a bit of weather luck at the moment, which is good. Um, the reason we're having our podcast today is just because um, in the last couple of weeks we really tried our absolute best not to talk about COVID and we've obviously managed to, to have some lovely guest speakers and to talk about other things, but there is a topic that is so um prevalent to what we do, that we felt that we needed to just come on and just to sort of update you as to what we know. And that is about the fact that the government have mentioned in the last week that from April, I believe, if you are not double vaccinated as as an NHS worker, then you will no longer be able to work in the NHS. I don't think I've heard a steer from the private sector. Um, I would presume that would be the same. I think it's, you know, I think it will be across the board, but I haven't seen actually any policy as such, Um, but it is apparently coming in next year. Again, there are... There is, sorry, no information on exemptions because obviously there are quite a lot of people at the moment that haven't had vaccinations because they feel that they are exempt or they they have been told they're exempt. So I'm not too sure where that leaves them. Um, So... At the moment, obviously most of us are, are double vaccinated, but most certainly, from medics Pro's perspective, there probably is about a good 10 percent, um, and that would literally be an anecdotal guess of how many um, people haven't had their vaccines as yet. Um, and that's a lot of workers. that's a lot of um, nurses, doctors, physios, radiographers, etc that um, you could potentially we, we won't be able to place next year. Ladies, what are your thoughts on this? And, and, and we will get on to talking about the booster in a minute as well. But but what are your thoughts about this?
2: Um, I think it's important that all NHS staff workers are vaccinated where possible. Um, I am concerned, however, with regards to the amount of nurses I've seen this week um, or in the past couple of weeks leaving the NHS and actually wanting to work full time agency. Um, because of the, it's just too much pressure, um, pressure working, pressure of um, taking the vaccine. Um, so, some, some, you do get some nurses that are still haven't had their vaccine and they're still thinking about it. It's because around them, they are seeing people who are being vaccinated still being hospitalized and yep. still, um, you know, catching COVID. So, they are in two minds. Um so i've seen that I've seen that in the past two weeks, so it is worrying, We don't know what the solution will be um i don't know gail how how did you how did you, do, how did you feel I, this week
1: I, 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 I my heart goes out to people who are being placed in this predicament um you know it's it's not fair we we can't we can't do without losing any more workers um, in the NHS or in in other sectors, for that matter. Um, We've heard on the media about um, the care home situation. Um, Absolutely desperate at the moment. Again, Bill, I honestly don't know what the situation is, um, sorry, what the solution is. Um, For me personally, I have, this is just my personal opinion, I have no qualms about um, the vaccination um, or anything, any future plans for the vaccination. Um, I'm obviously for um, this this therapy. Um, Yeah, we will always find um, clinical workers um, who, for whatever reason of their own choosing, that um, they don't want the vaccine. but then at the same time, we have to weigh up the risks and benefits, the pros, the cons, how it's going to affect them and their wider community, um, their families. Um, yeah, it's it's a really, really difficult situation. And like I say, my heart goes out to people who are being placed in this, you know, awful, awful situation. And, yeah, what is the solution going forward? Okay. I I don't know what
2: to do. What I do know, though, is about, is, is about 123,000 healthcare workers are going to lose their jobs by next April.
1: And we can't afford to lose them, though, can we?
2: And that, yeah, absolutely. We right can't. now, we're very short. Every, every nurse I'm speaking to are telling me that their ratio of looking after patients has gone up it
1: just goes um, up and up week on week month on month and this is what we're being told by our clinical workers you know here at Medics Pro
0: yeah and icu beds are filling up as well so oh. and, and in terms of getting the vaccine you know it's it's all very you know we we're, we're talking about april and it yeah you know, it seems you know as at the moment you know sort of 5 months away um in terms of of where we are but if you're going to be double vaccinated, you're going to make that decision. You really do need to get on and think about doing it now because there needs to be at least eight weeks bef- between the vaccines. Um, and I don't know if there'll be any sort of period after you've finished your second one, as it would be with travel. You have to have two weeks post your second vaccine to then be able to travel as a vaccinated person. So if people are thinking about it they do need to think soon because obviously they need to get themselves prepared obviously we've got christmas coming up so it doesn't leave a huge amount of window um just playing devil's advocate and this is all i'm doing as it stands at the moment nurses whether you're employed or the workers agency have to um prove um routine vaccinations so when we take people on we have to get them cleared by occupational health as does any nhs or private healthcare company to see that people have had all their childhood vaccines etc should this be any different you know we don't take on people in the nhs at the moment if they haven't had their vaccines um so should why should covid be any different is there any difference what's is your opinion
1: my might- my personal opinion, again, Marianne, is that, uh, as you say, and more so for people that work in specialist areas where um, they're involved in exposure prone procedures, um, pe- people that work in AE specifically or theatres, they have to have those other um, tests and vaccinations as well. Um, you know, the hepatitis things, um, the HIV checks, that sort of thing. Um, no, I, for me, I don't think this is or it should be any different. It's it's part and parcel of um, development in medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever possible, we should be leading by example.
0: And it, uh, this to me, in case it's not going away in terms of the vaccination programme, it's not something that as a generation we all had it, and then maybe in 10 years' time you won't need to have it. Um, because obviously if you, you've got to have it to work for the NHS and, you know, this might even, you know, touch the surface, there might be other organisations that come on board and say, yes, we won't accept you either, whether you've been vaccinated. I mean, already, um, you know, we can see not just in the UK, but across the world that, um, there are you know, certain areas that people can go in if they're vaccinated and they can't if they're not. You know, nightclubs, um, bars, certain countries, you've got to be vaccinated to even go into a restaurant. So this isn't something that's going away. It's not just we're having this vaccine just for now to get us through this next couple of years. It seems that it is something that's going to continue.
1: Yeah, I think we've got to ride the storm at the moment, Um, get through this, see how things pan out. Next year, perhaps, you know, sometime during the first six months, see how things develop, um, see what guidelines, see what just happens generally in the world, um, see what new guidelines and procedures um, are being put out there. Um, But I think we do have to take, you know, pretty well immediate action over the course of the next couple of months, really.
2: And um, also, with, with we just on what you just mentioned, Gail, we we also doing COVID risk assessments um, every day to staff who are working across board. Um, that is going to probably continue for a while because the trusts are still asking whether we've, you know, our nurses or our healthcare workers are actually taking the vaccine and whether they're also having the seasonal flu. Yep. So, all of these are very important. So, we a, a, as a company, I think our stance is we would prefer you take the vaccine because the NHS, where you will be working, are imposing that you are. So, you might find yourself out of work come April mm-hmm. if and you don't.
1: The, yeah, Bill. And that's something that we don't have any control over. If a trust, yeah. um, puts that out there and they inform us about this we can't we have no control to be able to reverse that decision people will need to understand that it's not a medics pro clinical decision this is you know regional trust-based um Mm. and all we all we can do is um is to pass that information on to all our clinical workers you know whoever you are Um, who are listening at the moment nurses, healthcare assistants, support workers GPs Um, hopefully we've got some GPs listening at some point Um, yeah this is just the information that we're going to have to pass on so please don't shoot the messenger if at some point you are informed that there won't be any shifts available for you um, due to your vaccination status
0: Yeah. And the other thing that we do need to consider also is obviously booster vaccines have obviously just been, you know, have been introduced for 50 and above, and obviously anybody in a high-risk group. But the government have also announced this week that they are lowering um, that age to 40. They haven't given a time as yet as to when, if you're 40 to 50, you can get your booster, but it's coming in soon as yeah. well as 16- and 17-year-olds can also have a second dose. Um, and that is within a t- after 12 weeks. So it's slightly longer than the adults, which is eight weeks. They're saying 12 weeks to so 16- and 17-year-olds. Yeah. Boris Johnson also has indicated that there will be travel implications in terms of having a booster. So it appears that having two vaccinations won't be enough Um, especially by next summer, because for a lot of people, it will be then over a year. I mean, if you take me, for instance, I had my vaccines in January and April, Um, so... That would mean by next April, if I hadn't had my booster, that would have been well over a year by the time I go on my summer holiday. So I have had my booster. So obviously I'm covered Um, But for a lot of people. And it, it does seem to appear that if they've lowered the age to 40, um, I don't know this, um, but does that mean that you know, in another month or two, when that group have been vaccinated, they will lower it again to 30 and so on, almost a little bit like they did when they actually rolled out the vaccination program to start off with. But again, there there does there's definitely early indication that there will be, um, you know, some you know, uh, sort of issues if you haven't had a booster vaccine in terms of how easy it's going to be to to travel without it. So also for people that have had a double vaccine, I'm sure that there will be some implications in terms of working for the NHS if they haven't had the booster as well. And um, that would make sense. They obviously haven't mentioned that yet, but it's a huge amount of governance to, to keep the checks and measures on this but we obviously just need to help support as much as possible and I think the reason that we've had this podcast is obviously you know we aren't the government we aren't the ones making the decisions we're getting the information um, at exactly the same same time as all our listeners and we get that you may be worried um annoyed, um, you know, angry, there could be a whole host of emotions about this decision that's been made. But we just want to try and support you as much as possible. I know I've had a query about, well, I haven't had my vaccines and now I've decided to change my mind and have them. And people are concerned that because they've missed out, you know, can they just, because I think obviously a lot of healthcare stuff in particular, their vaccines were even in their hospital where they work, most certainly a lot of them were obviously vaccinating agency staff as well. So it was very easy to access your your vaccine. Um, but most certainly, the government website, um, just gov.uk, on the coronavirus section, it's very simple to get your vaccine, whether it's your first vaccine, your second vaccine, your boost vaccine. It really doesn't matter. Um, and also, interestingly, there's now uh, a link if you just want to go to a walk-in clinic. So if you don't necessarily want to book an appointment because you can't guarantee that you're going to be there at a certain time, There, it's a whole list. You literally just put in your postcode and it will give you your nearest walk-in center to where you live and the times that it's open, and it also gives you what's available. So what vaccines are actually available that day. So you know that if you finish work a little bit later or you've overrun Christmas shopping and you haven't got the things that you need. It doesn't matter because the walk-in centres, you can literally just pop in and handy, a lot. I mean, obviously, everyone's very busy at the moment Christmas shopping. There's no... Of things to do, but I think handily, there's a lot of walk in centres that are near very big shopping centres, so you can literally get jabbed and shop at the same time. (laughs) They don't naturally go hand in hand, but obviously, you know, we're in a a new world here. Um, obviously, you work for the council as well. Have you heard anything anything
2: new to share? Yeah, so, um, in your your all council websites, you will have um, centres where um, the council are hosting um, special community events where they, you will be able to get your booster. So that would be the first place you would look up. It's actually your um, borough council website and you should find where the nearest centre is to get your booster done. And um, They're doing a lot of that near shopping centres, at yep. football stadiums and things like that. So do look out for that. But yes, we are preparing for our booster. Uh, part, our third part of the immunisation process um, for COVID. And yes, I think uh, we're getting a good response so far. Um, But like I said, we are a bit concerned with um, Christmas being set not so far away, people going to shop and going out. Uh, more dinners and things like that. We, we just need to be careful. But uh, on a separate note, um, this morning I actually spoke to a nurse who just had her booster um, three weeks ago and she caught COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was the first time I heard someone who's had booster actually catching COVID. Her symptoms were not as bad. They were like, a, you know, a cough and a cold, et cetera. But nevertheless, she tested positive. That is worrying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the issue is, is that it seems that if you've had a double vaccine and most certainly if you have a booster, the symptoms tend to be a lot less, it, mm. it, it seems to me. Um I mean, the, the, I, there was a government email that came out because I, I, I'm signed up to getting all the government emails. And it stated that boosters give over a 90% protection against symptomatic COVID in adults over 50. So I think it's not saying that you're going to be symptom free, but it's just saying that I think the more boosted you are, it seems... They're not saying you're not going to get it, but, you know, obviously the, the plan, you know, with the boosters is that, you know, you have less symptoms. But I do think we do need to be careful still because so many people just do a lack of random test on themselves just because they'd want to, you know, be, you know, um, careful and they they feel that they're doing the right thing and just do a lateral flow test. And it comes back positive And they literally had no idea that they were were actually carrying the virus. So, I think sometimes it can lull you into a little bit of false sense of security because you think, "Well, we've had double vaccine, I've had my booster, I don't even need to bother doing a lateral flow test anymore." Well, you know, I'm sort of almost superhuman, but we can still carry it. That's the issue, so we just do need to be careful.
1: And in the early days, Marianne, didn't it say on gov.uk um, in the um, COVID section again uh, for information um, the stats then in the early days was one in three people are silent carriers. Whether that's changed, yeah. Or not. so yeah, be 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 aware that, as Marianne's just alluded to, that you know you've had your two vaccines, you've had your booster. It's there to tr- help to try and boost your immune system. But unfortunately, with this virus, if you do catch it, it's you know it, it's it's sheer bad luck more than anything else and also for those people who aren't aware I'm sure you all are who are listening um from your second vaccination my belief is that you don't have to wait the full six months now I think mm-hmm. that's come down to five months is that correct ladies The what sorry what was I say again sorry girl on your second vaccination and the booster, You don't
0: have to wait six months. It's reduced now to five months. It is. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Um, yeah. I certainly I vaccinated on Saturday. I did a record of 84 vaccines in four hours. So I was very wow. pleased wow. with myself. <laughs> oh, no. um, and I had my husband and my mum and my daughter come in. So that was like a, a great day for me. <laughs> but yes, we were vaccinating five Month, within a, a five-month window yeah. so yeah, it's, that, that's what we were doing yeah
1: yeah it's uh yeah it's challenging time for everybody Regarding your thoughts about the vaccine um challenging in the terms of employment law where do we stand with employment law regarding
0: this difficult times ahead no it is absolutely yes and um as I said you know I haven't seen any sort of I mean, policy or guidance around, you know, what the actual date is when um, that period, whether NHS will have any jurisdiction, whether there be any leeway, you know, if somebody hasn't quite completed their second vaccine, um, the, the whole, you know, the course of having two, you know, what the exemptions are, um, how you would prove that you're exempt, um, et etc. et cetera. So there's obviously a huge amount of work for these trusts to do, let alone with everything else that's going on with the winter pressures at the moment. So it must be very busy times. I think just for our listeners, um, anyone that's um, concerned about um, the vaccine, getting the vaccine, concerned about what's going to happen to them if they absolutely don't want to have it, you know, what. Does that mean for them from April? Please get in touch. You know, that's why we're speaking to you today, just to say that if there's anything that we can do to help, um, we might not have all the answers, but most certainly, you know, we will do our best to find out. But please give us a call. We don't want um people, you know, worrying unnecessarily over Christmas in particular. So please just give us a call, ask to speak to one of the clinical nurse managers or myself, um, and we will see how we can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Well, I think that's everything. As I said, it wasn't going to be a particularly long podcast um, because we just wanted to get this information over. Um, If anyone has any questions, if anyone wants to come on and discuss um, why they feel you should be vaccinated, or in fact, why they feel that you shouldn't and that this decision's trying to be forced upon them we love a bit of a, de- a debate so we'd love to get you on so if anyone genuinely has got really strong views either way please um, contact us or Yasmin who is our marketing manager um, and we will be able to book a date get you on and you can have a chat with us and then we will put it out live so thank you once again um, have a lovely evening everybody uh, thank you Bill thank you, Bill. Um, thank you. Bill is hopefully off to sunny Times. She's hopefully off to Mauritius. So um, in the next few weeks. And Gail, you're going to Spain, I believe. Is that right? Spain. Spain so we've got ladies gallivanting all over the world so it'll be very interesting to hear when they return how covid is currently affecting the countries where they've been to um, yes. and we might have a bit of, of a chat about that next time but for the time being thank you very much everyone um keep staying safe out there and we will be back with you shortly bye-bye bye bye, bye.